Welcome to the Third and Three podcast. Today it is third and two as we are recording without our fearless leader, our quarterback, Jason Fearman, but he will be back next week with us. All right. But of course, you know, we have to pay homage to him and it won't be the same without him. But me and Nikki will try to, you know, hold it down and make sure we give you guys a good show. How you doing today, Nikki? I am good. I'm good. I just walked in the door from a work event. So I am excited to just talk about sports with you and not think about work. So <laughs> I am glad I'm able to assist with that. This is what Wednesdays are for. We yes. apologize for not coming last week. We all got tied up last week. So we are back this week and hopefully we don't miss any more weeks going forward because we're only a few weeks away from preseason. Like it's coming up very, very soon. I'm going to be sending out those emails for our fantasy football league very, very soon. Like it's coming oh. up. It's right around the corner. So you definitely want to make sure that you're here so that you can realize how we do it as you hear that classic beat playing in the background. <laughs> now let's get into how we always start the show with neighborhood news. Neighborhood news is brought to you by Meatworks. Now Meatworks is a company that partners with the third and three brand. If you go to third and three podcast.com, scroll down a little bit, you'll see the companies that we partner with that you can get great deals with. And one of those is Meatworks. I myself am a big steak guy. So a company like Meatworks goes right from my heart, right? It sends you the best cuts of prime USDA meat at a cheap price. And you get an even cheaper price if you use our link. So go to third and three podcast.com, go to the Meatworks link and set up your own personal, just meat display sent to you. If you are a meat lover like myself, you will love this. So again, go to thirdandreepodcast.com, get that meat works in your life, like the good content you keep in your life, all right? <laughs> so our first topic in neighborhood news is Deshaun Watson. So news came out that Deshaun Watson now has 24 civil suits against him from everything, just the variance in sexual misconduct is so crazy when you look at the cases from everything from you know unwanted touching to ejaculation not being wanted, everything's there. And outside of like rape, like stops before it gets to anything forcible. And the 23rd and 24th case came after he was signed by the Cleveland Browns for the five-year, $230 million contract that is fully guaranteed. And today we found out that the Houston Texans are going to be a part of this as well. Uh, it's believed from the accusers that they were a part of this. They were facilitating Watson getting these massages. Uh, news also came out that he got massages from 66 different women in a 17-month period. So definitely some red flags there as well. So there's so many different ways to uh, attack this topic. Well, let's first go at it from the Cleveland Browns standpoint. Do you believe the Cleveland Browns made a mistake by signing Deshaun Watson? I think the fact that they have not done anything with Baker Mayfield tells you all you need to know. Oh, okay. I mean, I think you you have to look at actions at some point. And I think it's becoming very clear that they're not really quite sure what's going to happen here. And 
oh shit, maybe we did make a mistake. So I'm, I'm not going to trade Baker Mayfield or get rid of him. Um, I, I think their actions have, they speak loud and clear to me. That's a very good point that I think I didn't think about because I feel like Baker Mayfield is more than just good and gone. Like he's there yeah. on the roster, but right. there's no repairing that relationship. Right. right. So eventually you're going to have to get rid of him and they're going to have to eat that contract. That's what they don't want to do. Uh, and they just have to accept that. They're going to have to eat that contract and another team's going to get him on the cheap. They have to accept that and move on from it. I don't know if the Cleveland Browns made a mistake because with the news coming out, I think people are forgetting that he's not going to jail. Right. I don't know if he did all these things or didn't do these things or if the women knew what was going on or didn't know what was going on. We weren't there. But there wasn't enough to indict him on criminal charges. So he's going to be a free man and he is free to do what he does for a living, which has happened to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So Cleveland, in my estimation, I'm pretty sure before they gave this man $230 million fully guaranteed, they did their research and were like, okay, he may be suspended. We may be without him for a while, but eventually we're going to have him for the majority of this contract. So I think from the Brown standpoint, I'll see a lot of people I've heard, you know, local radio people talk about it and they're just like, Oh my God, Cleveland make this huge mistake. And I think that's the reaction that people think they're supposed to have quote unquote, mm -hmm. like they're supposed mm -hmm. to say this because of the things that he's accused of mm -hmm. like, Oh, I have to say Cleveland made a mistake. But when it comes to football, they did make a mistake. They knew the suspension was coming. They don't know how long it's going to be, mm -hmm. but they know if they sign for five years, they're at least getting four years and probably more. So probably four and a half years of an elite quarterback in his prime for this contract. So from the Browns standpoint, I don't think they made a mistake signing him. Now, another standpoint of this is the NFL. They have yet to come out and say, we're going to suspend him how long the suspension is gonna be. From the NFL standpoint, what do you think is taking them so long? And if you were in the NFL office, what would be your suggestion on punishment if there should be one? Well, this is this is where I struggle as an, uh, just as a fan of the NFL, the different rules for different people, different cases. And, and I do understand there is going to be differences to, to every infraction that happens. But the theme with the NFL is violence, assault against women, and you're alienating a fan base who, listen, I'm one of the biggest NFL fans out there, get very uncomfortable with the way they handle these things. Like, look at the Washington Commanders. I mean, they were able to assist in their own investigation. Uh, again, like, you took naked pictures of these cheerleaders and passed it around. Like, now they don't feel safe in their workplace. So as a woman, um, yeah, I have a hard time with this. It's, it's a problem. Um, now somebody will come at me and be like, well, Nikki, are you going to watch? Probably. And that's like the demented part of it. Yeah, I'll probably still watch the games. I don't understand. And this is where I feel the NBA is leaps and bounds of the NFL. NBA doesn't put up with this, right? And there are rules in place. They're always ahead of the narrative. NFL is very reactive to me where the NBA is very proactive, right? 
Um, you don't really see this type of thing happen. And if you do, it's shut down right away. The NFL lets us go on and on and on. You let the PR machine spin. You let the media spin. You let people come up with stuff. So, I mean, listen, the only thing I will say is I, I don't want to discount the women because there's a lot of them coming out. And we who's to say that, you know, two, three, four, five more won't come out later, uh, you know, down the road. So I don't want to discount the women. I, I think his choice here of, of how many massage therapists is, is really odd. Um, so, but the NFL, they need to get it together in terms of disciplinary action because they don't understand why one would be suspended for something and one gets one game and one might get six. It just doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I remember a few years ago when Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for six games and that definitely seemed like, oh, we have to do something. Public reaction is going to be bad. We have to suspend him for six games. Yeah. Now, the law enforcement working that case couldn't find much of anything to support finding Ezekiel Elliott guilty or even indicting him on a crime or even bringing it to case to bring it to trial. So I was uncomfortable with that because it's like, okay, you're punishing him just off of he might have did something. Just, right. He got accused. He made it did something. And that opens the door for, oh, I know this dude's in the NFL. I'm mad at him. If I say this, he's going to get suspended. He's going to lose money. Let me just go ahead and say this. Mm -hmm. So I understand the NFL's dilemma when it comes to this. I've said for a long time, we can't hold the NFL to the same standard in which we hold law enforcement. If law enforcement is not able to do their job, and find information to indict, or if they come out and say, hey, there's not enough here, right. they have to move on. It's just, the fact that the accused or the person that's being accused of something is famous, doesn't change the fact that they're innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when it comes to public figures, especially with cases like this, as soon as that goes out there, they're just guilty. And yeah. we don't, and usually whenever there's something that comes out to the contrary, it's quiet. Like with uh, Nelly, the rapper, hiding here, those songs, he was accused of rape, was, I believe just maybe a year or two ago. And that was loud. It was in bold, mm -hmm. it was everywhere. A few weeks later, the woman recants her story, that was very quiet, wasn't really reported on. I don't like that part of it. No. Now, of course you wanna protect women, you know, me being, a husband and a big brother and all those things, a son. You want to protect women because you know that in a lot of these cases, women aren't able to protect themselves. But we also have to make sure that the accused are protected from just being outright railroaded in these cases. So the NFL, I don't know how they can approach this because there's a lot of smoke here. Right. Yeah. You know, I said for a long time when there's smoke, a lot of times there's fire, but sometimes there's somebody in the back with a smoke machine. Yeah. And in this case, it seems like there may be somebody back there with a smoke machine, somebody back there pulling strings. Right. Because mm -hmm. something just doesn't add up about all these women coming out after the fact. Like right. no one came out when it happened. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you there. I, I And I, you know, with cases like this, it always kind of seems to be the way. Somebody's coming out 10 years later, you know, yeah. 15 years later, like, and that always concerns me. It's like, 
But then I have to think, I don't know, were they really traumatized? Um, they didn't want to talk about it. Listen, you're going up against a very powerful athlete, going up against the NFL. It's a he said, she said. Um, and I do very much understand that women don't like to come forward because it's, oh, well, she's making it up. And, and listen, there are women who do that. And I, listen, you're giving us all a bad name. Um, unfortunately, I've been assaulted. So I've experienced that. And it's not always easy to talk about. Um, but I do wish people would come forward in the moment or soon thereafter to let other women know, hey, it's okay. Like it may be hard, but it is okay. So again, you don't want to discount what these women went through. And if he was doing these things, it's disgusting and, and incredibly violating. However, uh, you know, it, I, I'm not sure. Like I, it's a very fine line, but like you said, legally, criminally, they didn't find anything. So, you know, I don't know how much you want to rake them over the coals. I, I you know, it's, it is a tough position. I just, uh, don't like that either when it's coming out way after the fact, but I do understand that it it's hard and it's not an easy thing to talk about. For sure. And I definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. And I know that's definitely not easy. And because it's something that is such a tough subject, I just don't know how the NFL is gonna move forward because they've messed up so bad before. Of course, the most right. famous example is Ray Rice where initially they spent it for two games and then once the video came out and it was such a heinous act, that's when they went ahead and suspended him for a season. Right. So it's a tough situation, but hopefully these women find peace. And if Deshaun Watson was out here just being all types of foul, yeah. he's learned from it and is a better person from it. It is also, this one's touchy because it isn't outright sexual assault. It's right. him being weird and like, it's a, it's like, oh, he's just, he's a, like a fetish type way. Very yeah, weird type. yeah. This one's a little different in the fact that it's not just right away. Like, oh, oh, this is what he did. Okay. Throw him under the jail. It's more of a, right. Oh, he's okay. He's weird, but you can't yeah. throw somebody in jail for being weird. Right. So it's, it's a real hard situations. So I understand why it's taking that felt so long, but also they should have something in place, but this one wouldn't fit under any of your standards. Like whatever your rules right. are, this case will be outside of that realm. Yeah. Uh, it's an extremely tough situation. They have to do something. They can't just say he missed last year because the, the PR from that would be awful if they didn't. Yeah, they yeah. didn't do anything. So I definitely feel for the people making that decision. Again, because yeah. we shouldn't hold NFL to that standard. The NFL's job isn't to be the morale police. Their job is to entertain yeah. us and make money along the way. And they've done a very good job of doing that. And that's what they're going to continue to do. And when these situations come up, they should have people, they make enough money to have people there to be ready for these situations. And I wonder, like, they should have the information that whoever was investigating it had, and they should be able to make a decision by now on how to go forward with this. Uh, so for me, it's a extremely a tough situation, but we'll see how this is handled going forward with Deshaun Watson. It's just, like I said, you can't be like, uh, guys are weirdo, man, throw him out the league. You can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't, you can't, yeah. uh, you know, you, I, I think if you're the NFL, 
you know, I, and I'm a pretty logical person. I think you have to look at, you know, legally, like we, we keep saying, he hasn't been found liable for any criminal charges. Now, yeah, are you weird and disturbing and, and you're violating people's <laughs> like personal space and privacy and body? Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, you know, if you're an NFL, if you're part of the NFL legal team, you probably are looking at the facts, the law, what can we charge? There's nothing here. Um, and like you said, hopefully, if this is true, he learns and he moves on because none of this is okay. Let's just make that very clear. If yeah, it's true, so none if, of this like, is okay. If, if this is true, this is what he was doing, it's not okay. Like I said, it's, and also another point of it that I wanted to bring up, he's a professional athlete. So if he wants a professional level massage for athletic purposes, mm -hmm. he's not going to women on Instagram. Right. So that's the thing. He's going to this facility. He's going to somebody who maybe another athlete can refer him to as far as, oh, this person will be able to get all the kinks out and do all this stuff for you. It wouldn't be what I'm assuming. We haven't seen one, but what I'm assuming are attractive women that are giving right. massages, right? So my thing is that the women, I'm pretty sure there were some of them who thought, okay, this is my opportunity to kind of get into this business and maybe if I do a good job, he'll refer me to other clients. And next thing you know, I'm booming as far as my career. There's other women who knew what the deal was. Yes. Going into that massage. So my thing is now, how do you separate that? How do you separate the women who thought, okay, this is an opportunity for me from the women who thought, oh, this is an opportunity for me in a different way. So it's, again, it's a complicated situation it's a lot of different things that go into it. And I love that we had this nuanced conversation because it seems like a lot of, I have to throw the book at him. I have to make sure I say this. So I have to be on the right side of this, quote unquote. And you, we're not having enough nuanced conversations. No, and, and you need to have it, right? I mean, we are a sports show. This is a prominent story in sports, but it's, listen, this happens all over the country, all over the world, unfortunately, every single day. Lines are just towed just enough you can tow the line people do it all the time every day and you know sometimes things aren't just cut and dry right and that is what lawyers are for and they go through all of the legal you know jargon and they investigate and it's very hard especially in civil he said she said right yeah. i mean where where's the proof and that's just you know that's just tough in in any case so we do have to have a nuanced conversation because it's not cut and dry and there's other factors that go into it. Now, can you have this conversation with everybody? No. And I know for a fact, I can't have this conversation with everybody. So I appreciate you being open-minded and we can have this conversation. We may disagree on points and that's completely fine. For sure. For sure. Now, speaking of somebody who didn't have any nuance in their statements, Jack Del Rio. So <laughs> Jack Del Rio uh, I believe the press conference may have been today or hell yesterday. I just, I saw the part that I sent to you earlier today. So I guess, I don't know who asked him this question, how he came up, but he made a statement that there's a double standard when it comes to Black Lives Matters protest and what happened on January 6th of last year when the Capitol was stormed by people who were upset about the election. And he said that the people who stormed the Capitol, that was a dust up. And that Black Lives Matter protests, we've seen buildings getting burned and things like that, when there was no damage caused 
by the people storming the Capitol, that was just dust up. So when I sent you that video and you saw it, what were your thoughts, Nikki? <laughs> so I catch right away. I was like, um, a dust up. A dust up to me is like, um, you know, maybe a little altercation in the parking lot with somebody parking too close to you. You get into a little, you have a little words with each other. That, I, I mean, a dust up. I, I would like to know how this came up. I can't believe he actually, listen, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Uh, but if you're like crazy and you're not logical and you're just going to spew nonsense, you're entitled to it. But a lot of us don't want to hear it. But I can't believe he has, you know, a view like that. And he came out and said that in a press conference. Like that is, <laughs> I, I think there are two different things. I will just say that right off, right off the bat. And we talked about it. I remember it was summer 2020, right? Yeah. We talked about this. And I remember I, I made a joke. It probably was insensitive, insensitive but I, I remember seeing people like looting cheesecake out of the cheesecake factory. And I was just like, oh, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, yes, you know, let me just say burning buildings and stealing, and it is all under the category of wrong. Trying to overthrow democracy is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Lighting things on fire is wrong, right? That is my opinion. That is all under the umbrella of wrong. But January 6th was not a quote unquote dust up. And um, I hope to God he does not tell us any more of his opinions because I, I already have a feeling of which way it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. And I would never be a fan of telling people to shut up and play or shut up and coach. But you have the option to shut up and play or shut up and coach, right? When it comes to certain things, if I'm not knowledgeable, I stick to sports, right? Yeah. Like if it's about foreign policy, I don't have a great knowledge of foreign policy. <laughs> so if you try to come no. to me and have a discussion about that, hey, I can't help you. I got to do some research on that. I don't have an opinion on that, right? right? He can do the same thing, right? He has the option to say what he wants to say. He's definitely entitled to his opinion, but you're also entitled to keeping it to yourself. And he's somebody who should keep his opinion to himself. Yes. And sometimes we get so caught up in what we do for a living that our perspective of other things is messed up. And that's what I see from him. Calling what happened at the Capitol on January 6th of last year a dust up is just so dumb. This isn't a wide receiver and a cornerback fighting at training camp. That's yeah. a dust up. And he's yeah. so caught up in the football world that he saw this was like, oh, it's a dust up. When people were killed, like yeah. people were killed and they tried to overthrow the government because they were upset that Donald Trump didn't win for his second term as president. And he called it a dust up. Now with Black Lives Matter protests, they've also found a lot of the looting and burning of buildings wasn't done by actual protesters. It was done by people there who saw an opportunity. So mm -hmm. he should have did his research and saw that, okay, this weren't the actual people protesting in a nonviolent way. These were people there looking for an opportunity and saw that, oh, okay, I could do this, it's gonna get blamed on this genre right. of people protesting instead of me doing this insane act, right? And yeah. plus yeah. the target, that's gonna get built back up. The cheesecakes, yeah. they'll get back in there. Yeah. Like the people who lost their lives, they're not coming back from what happened on January 6th. Right. So to call it a dust up is extremely stupid. And again, I'm not gonna tell you to shut up and coach, but you can take the option to shut up and coach. And please do yeah. that. Please All right? do that. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and it's, um, we don't need to 
need to hear everybody's political opinion. You know, I'll just say that there are, listen, if you guys out there listen to me long enough, I, I am very down the middle. I will say that I think there are crazy people on both sides. So, you know, I, I don't need to hear everybody, especially Jack Del Rio, like uh, just please focus on that defense. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Me too. And speaking of great defenders, you just keep setting me up with an amazing segues. Speaking of what I did, what I'm here for. Defenders, Aaron Donald, defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, got paid. Yes, he got essentially his contract was reworked to where he gets three years up to $95 million. In the words of the great Chris Rock, good Lord, that's a lot of money. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you saw Aaron Donald got paid and now is the highest paid non quarterback in NFL history? Oh, maybe I'll get divorced, go out to LA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, good for him. Listen, if anybody deserves it, uh, you know, we have this conversation all the time. I think, you know, athletes make all this money, yet teachers and firefighters and, and you know, EMTs and doctors and nurses, they don't get paid near enough. But, um, you know, we won't do that. But I mean, good for him. He truly, truly deserves it. So, I mean, I hope he enjoys that. And I know just what, two days ago, he was saying he might not come back. He's okay with retiring. Um, so I don't think good for him. I like people who work hard and then they, you know, get what they deserve. So good for him. For sure. I'm definitely right there with you. Uh, at the end of his career, he's going to be in the conversation for greatest defensive player of all time. He'll be right up yes. there with Lawrence Taylor and Deion Sanders, Ray Lewis, Reggie White. He's going to be in that conversation. And when you have somebody who's that impactful, who does what he does to quarterbacks, he should get paid mm -hmm. like somebody who affects the highest paid position. So quarterbacks get paid the most because they're the most impactful on the field. But if I'm impacting the quarterback, I should get broke off too. So Aaron Donald definitely deserves all the money that he's getting. And I don't know if the retirement thing was a ploy, but it definitely worked if it was. It worked. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that it worked out for him. Glad to see him get his money. I'm always happy when athletes get their money. I know you made the point about how there's so many more important jobs that do deserve more money. Yeah. But with athletes, they are responsible for generating so much money that I always love to see them get paid. And if the Rams give him 95 million, they're making 200 million even oh. more off of him. So yeah, yeah it's, it's whenever somebody comes to me about athletes making too much, I'm like, how much do you think that team is making off of him? Right? Like, there's no yeah. way that you don't see that. So for me, I just have to go ahead and give him credit on that. So now let's go into, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, round of applause. Yes, for sure. So now let's go into our next topic, something that is near and dear to my heart. And I was actually surprised when you text me about this. I didn't know this would be something that you would watch. Mm -hmm. So ESPN, their 30 for 30 series is you know, critically acclaimed for their great documentaries. And their latest one is called The Greatest Mixtape of All Time. Now this is about the end one mixtape series started off as just this local thing in New York where they were videotaping ball players. They added music to the tapes. And it's an amazing story on how big that became because I became familiar with it as a kid. At the time, I when that first came out on ESPN, I believe I was like 11 or 12, basketball head. I'm consuming everything basketball. And I remember watching it with my dad. My dad was like, 
you're not playing like that. You're not going to make it to college playing like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they talked about that on the show, how people who watched it and had their dads, I think it's Kyrie Irving who talked about yes. how his dad was like, you can't play like that. Like, I don't know why you're watching this. But it was something that had a huge impact on basketball and the culture as a whole. What were your thoughts watching the documentary? Um, well, first, I didn't know it was started by three friggin' white guys. Like, hello, <laughs> who knew that, right? Um, were you surprised that I texted you that? I thought you might be. But that was, yeah. Was, yeah, I, I was because yeah. you're not like you're a basketball fan, but you're not like a hoop head. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. Okay, not a hoop head. Um, you know, I, I was so shocked that, can you believe, and this would not happen today, these guys did not have their own sneakers, like, they didn't get, like, there's no big payday for them, like, they were just trying to, to do something, and it was, I mean, it was crazy to watch, watch them play, and I mean, the style, and they made the point in the documentary, that style that we see, it did transform the game. You do see pieces and traces of that throughout the game. And, you know, it's kids like us kids. I mean, we're getting there, Dave. We're we're not (laughs) kids anymore, but we grew up with that. Right. I want, you know, I think it really became height of popularity. I was probably junior, senior in high school. So yeah, you know, you have a whole generation of kids who, who watched that and grew up with it. And of course that's going to reflect, you know, in the NBA and, and in the play. And now you have, this generation of kids who are looking up to like a Jason Tatum, you know, and a Steph Curry. So just to see it carry over little bits of it was very interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I was thinking back to it at the time. I didn't realize it. Like I had and one shirts and I had a pair of and one sneakers and I didn't think about it at the time. Like, man, hot sauce should definitely have his own shoe. Hot sauce was a star on his own. Like yeah. he was so big. There definitely should have been the hot sauce shoe. Like it could have been red yes. with hot sauce on it. He should yeah, have. Yeah, would have sold like hotcakes. Yeah, would have. <laughs> he should have had a partnership with Tabasco. Like there's so many things that should have came up when he was playing. Yeah. And he, like I said, he was such main a event, a main event shoe. Like yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they just missed the mark. But I mean, was it a thing? Like as you said, I'm not a hoop head. I'm not like a sneaker head. But I don't remember. I'm thinking back to like high school and stuff. I don't remember everyone like clamoring for like basketball shoes. Air, you know, Jordans, yeah, but like that was it really. Yeah, at that time, I remember, yeah, Jordans was forever the king and will be forever. We'll be, you know, 50 years down the line, I'll be reselling Jordan 11s. Yeah. But but at that time, I remember there was a new kind of like, a new generation of shoes coming out, right? And I had like got the T-Max at the time. T-Max was with the Orlando Magic and he was becoming this huge star. And I remember begging my mom for these T-Max. So it was kind of a, a new generation was coming through, but Jordan was still a king. And I did have a pair of and one sneakers as well, uh, just because like I said, I remember actual the actual mixtape, BCR tape for you young yeah. kids out there. Uh, my friend had it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember borrowing it from my friend and just being like, oh man, watching Skip to my Lou and all these guys. Yeah. And I remember thinking, um, and my dad told me that about not being able to play like that. I was like, Skip to my Lou's in the NBA. And it was like, you yeah. think he plays like that in the NBA? No, <laughs> he just talented enough to where he can switch on and off between street ball and the NBA. And it was kind of shocking to me that he was the only one to make it. I feel like there were other guys who probably were talented enough and I do remember watching an interview with him where he said none of them came to him. None of them came to him and was like, hey, how do I do it? Can I get a mm-hmm. shot? 
can you hook me up with a tryout? You think somebody would be bold enough to say, hey, we play together, yeah. at least, you know, give me a tryout. I can't ask for yeah. a spot, but at least give me a workout with the team. Especially some of the other guys, like maybe like an AO who's like six eight. Like, hey, that yeah. guy, <laughs> that guy may be able to play in the NBA. But it was so funny when they talked about guys who thought they were good enough playing the NBA and how the NBA players just shut them down. Oh, that was the best part. They're like, no, no, and no. It's hysterical. Right away, too. They were yeah. all like, no. Oh, man. But do you ever think we will see something like that again, like a street ball tour that could, and this time around, the players who play in it will definitely get compensated better? I hope so, right? Because it's it's entertaining. And I know it fizzled out. And, you know, obviously nobody's going to be watching it on VHS. We, we know that. And I feel like we're kind of sort of there with social media. Um, you know, you see people like, you know, playing ball and TikTok and stuff. So I feel like we might be able to get to a point where we could do that. Um, I hope so. I mean, it'd be nostalgia for all of us to go. I would definitely go to a game and just kind of, I don't know, feel like I'm 17 again. That'd be cool. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm down. But I think, it, I think it's very cool and it's something different um, other than the NBA. But if that happened today, those guys are getting deals, sneakers, the marketing around it's going to be like huge. They are going to get paid. Oh, for sure. No, they would definitely get broke off. And I can think there's a few people who play street ball and their stuff's on Instagram, I can think would be part of the tour. Like there's like B.A. Dot who's known for his impressions of NBA players. There's a Filet who's known for his commentary on basketball, but he also plays. There's guys yeah. who I can think of would be really good for it. It would be more of a social media thing this time around where yeah. they would have that tour and those guys would be on and they will play against their local cities and stuff like that. So it, it's possible. But hopefully you, it'll be the right you people would host, it. right? You'd be the host. You'd host. I, I would definitely sign yeah. up for the host. Like Listen, I, would, <laughs> I could definitely do that for sure. I would love to play in one of the games. You know, I hope a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so I would love to play, but I would definitely sign up to be the host for sure. And you know, 33 podcast will sponsor this street yeah. as well. So we will. Hey, we'll sponsor you, it. We'll give you real deal bets. We'll yeah, we'll do yeah. everything. For sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna take a short break and when we come back knowledge with Nikki. Today I'm by myself. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what we're talking about, what I'm going to be asked, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be interesting. So we're going to take a short break. Be right back with knowledge with Nikki. So if you hear that music, you know what's going on. That means that Naj with Nikki is upon us. And Jay left me on an island by myself today. <laughs> it is just me by myself having to deal with these questions from <laughs> Nikki. So Nikki, please let us know who Naj with Nikki is presented by and let us know what the subject is today. Yeah, so Knowledge with Nikki, of course, is brought to you guys by Reebok. So last time we had the Looney Tunes drop for you guys, and I did check, and they sold out almost immediately. So this week we have the Allen Iverson Answer 5 Tunnel Sneaker Drop is here. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, though, this might be sold out. Um, they look pretty good, so 
If you go to our website and you scroll down a little bit, you click the link, it is not an exclusive coupon, but it is an exclusive link to get access to the Allen Iverson sneaker drop. And as I keep saying, Father's Day is coming. Maybe your dad wants some new kicks. So check those out. Um, and that is Reebok for this week. Okay, classic shoe right there. Earlier, we talked about those shoes that came out in the early 2000s, along with the N1s. The AIs were definitely a big part of that. And I love the revolution of these old sneakers coming back. So go get your pair of Iversons, 33podcast.com, get your access to those Iversons. Yep. Um, okay, so, uh, oh, D, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, you're by yourself for this one this week. Um, I told you guys I would do it one time. Um, Saturday was World Environmental Day. This entire week is World Sustainability Week. If you listen to the show, you know that I actually do this in real life. This is my real job. And I always joke that I would give you guys some environmental questions, trees, stuff like that. So this is the week that I did it. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I won't double you up, I guess. I'll just give you... Not. If, you got, if you got eight questions, let's do, let's do all eight. All right, I got eight. So, oh man, Jay will be in for it next week. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question one, air pollution causes how many premature deaths worldwide every year? Oh, starting off with just the joy of the world. Um, yes. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm gonna say 2 million. Seven. Seven million? Seven million. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Gotta get, we gotta get clean air, guys. We really do. Don't get me started on this. Please <laughs> don't make me at work if you want to hear me rant about this. Um, all right. From 1950 to 2017, how many tons of plastic waste was produced? I'm going to say 20 million times. 9.2 billion. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that a is, lot. Yeah, that is awful. That is crazy. Yes. Horrible. Um, okay, number three. What percentage of global carbon emissions are caused by food waste? Can I have that one one more time? Yes. What percentage of global carbon emissions are caused by food waste? I'm going to say 30%. 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know most of it's cars, right? Cows too. Oh, yeah. Living in the South and driving through the country, I can definitely see that (laughs) (laughs) um all right number four how many aluminum cans are recycled every year worldwide i'm gonna say there's a lot it's gonna be a big number but it's not enough Uh, worldwide each year Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say two million 80 trillion wow that's a lot. Good job, everybody, on the yeah. recycling. I'm proud of you. 
making yeah. my job easier. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Better. Some some good news in the module with Nikki there. Okay. Okay, now here were Jay's four questions. Okay. Um, what percentage of countries have a legal definition for air pollution? Uh, say that one more time while I think about it. <laughs> what, what percentage of countries have a legal definition for air pollution? I feel like that's a hard thing to define. So I imagine it's only 20%. 57. Oh, wow. Okay. So, still a long way to go. I mean, yeah. countries who just don't have any definition for it. That's, that's true. But that's, it's more than I thought it would be. So I'm, I'm yeah. happy for that. Okay. More good news. Little, little bits. Little bits yeah. of good news. Here. Um, okay, where are we? Methane, the primary component of natural gas, is responsible for what percentage of warming that we are experiencing today? I'm going to say 30%. That, you're very close, it's 25, so I'll give you a point there. Oh, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what, yes. Oh. Um, okay, what country is ho hosting the World Environmental Day events this year or this week? Is it Canada? Sweden. Oh, okay. Sweden. All right, Sweden's one more for you. The best countries when it comes to like not, not polluting the world. Yes, it is. Yep. Um, okay, last one. How many trees are cut down every day? to supply the growing demand for toilet paper. Oh, um, uh, speaking of somebody who uses too much toilet paper, I probably am a guilty party for the amount of trees. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excessive, it doesn't need to be like that. Um, I'm gonna say, you said daily? Every day, yep. I'm gonna go with, one million trees. 27,000. Oh, okay. I thought it would be way worse. 27,000. Still a lot, right? but uh, yeah, I thought it'd be way worse than that. <laughs> Still a lot. Well, you think 27,000 for toilet paper, but then I don't know about by you, but like where I live, they're just clearing trees left and right to put up like more townhouses and more plazas okay. and more houses and more hot, like, oh my God. Yeah. Now that's why it's so windy, everybody, because there's no more trees left. But you know. Oh, so like the I guess just having that in the air. Peace. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Like I can learn so much from you that I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come to work with me one day. You know, and you could. Uh, we'll talk about the environment and. Bring your podcast partner to work day. I, I'm yeah, down. Yes. <laughs> why isn't that a thing? Bring their ratty kids to work. I'd like to bring my fellow friends and podcasting hosts with me to work. You would learn a lot. <laughs> I like if that. If you're into that thing. Some we should, we like should make that a thing. When I, when I come up there, maybe I should go to work with you one day so I can see what you do. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that- you know how they always say people are like different at work and then in their, yeah. their home life. No, 
I'm not. I am just the same all the time. I would love to see you in the work environment and see you be the same Nikki. I, <laughs> 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 all right. So that was knowledge with Nikki. As you could tell from the questions and answers, please be careful, recycle, and think about your carbon blueprint out there in the world, all right? Yes, thank you. I appreciate that PSA. Thank you very much. It is important. Resources are limited despite what people want to think and say in public. Resources are limited. Yes, for sure. So thank you so much for that knowledge. And I definitely learned a lot from me. Glad I got one right. So I can walk with <laughs> my head held high. Yes, with Nikki. as you should. <laughs> So now let's get into some more knowledge with Nikki, but this is on the football side. You wrote a wonderful article on 3rd3podcast.com, which you guys should go and visit, not only for the articles, but also for the great deals, like you mentioned earlier with Meatworks and Reebok. But you also get great content, like the keys to winning the NFC East. So I want you to take over this segment as well. I guess you can start with the Washington Commanders. And what is your key to Washington Commanders having a good year in the NFC East? Um, so I had said that it was, oddly enough, Jack Del Rio and the defense, which now I wish I could take that back <laughs> after today's comments, but um, this was written a week ago or so. Um, so I just think, I mean, we all thought that defense was going to be really, really, really good, and they just disappointed to epic proportions, and I know Chase Young was out for like eight weeks it was, but they have the talent, so I think that if it's any key for them, it's definitely that defense and Jack Del Rio really getting it together for them. Yeah, and I agree with that key because, like you said, Carson Wentz, you don't depend on him to carry the offense. So you know yeah. the offense is going to be limited. You need that defense to be the defense it was the year before last. Be a top 10 defense in the NFL. All those first-round picks on the defensive line have to show up and play like first-round picks. So I agree with that key. I think Washington's defense has to show up this year for them to have a chance in the FC East. So now let's talk about one of your favorite teams, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yeah, um, I said that Jalen Hurts would be key. Um, I know we all harped on they need wide receivers, you know, like, I don't know, Jalen Rager just dropping everything that comes his way. But I do think that another year with, a, you know, new head coach, another year in the system, now they have some talent. They had that epic deal to get A.J. Brown. So I think now that, you know, they're going to fix that old line, their defense is always good. Even on a bad year, the Eagles always have a really, really, really good defense. And if Fletcher Cox could just freaking actually go away, like <laughs> make this the last freaking year, thank you. Like, I'm so tired of it. Um, but it's really Jalen Hurts and his development that I think is going to be the key for them. Okay, I definitely can see that. And with the weapons they added, I think that another key I would add is that they don't get away from what they did last year. I know they have more weapons now, but they mm -hmm. found their identity last year becoming a running football team. So hopefully they don't get pass happy. So I would say the head coach and offensive coordinator are the keys, making sure that they stay grounded. And just because they have new weapons now, don't get too carried away. And don't forget what had them in the playoffs last year was changing their offense to a more run-dominant offense. They were the number one rushing team in the league for pretty much the second half of the season. So they should continue to be that team. And now the second option of passing the ball just is easier with weapons like A.J. Brown. So Jalen Hurst is a part of my key, along with the office coordinator and head coach. I like that. That's a good point. 
So now let's get to the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy. Like, I know some people thought I was joking, but not really. And if you haven't read the article, it's a quick four minute read. You could read it doing like at a traffic light. Because some of these (laughs) lights here are, no, actually don't read and be on your phone or text or do any of that. Um, But I have seen Mike McCarthy and we've seen it in Green Bay too. How many times has his mismanagement of the clock and mismanagement of these timeouts that he thinks he has unlimited, he doesn't know he has them, he's calling them at the weirdest times possible, then, you know, you're just kind of scratching your head on some of these plays. And once this team gets rolling with the penalties, it is all downhill from there. So I can say, how many times have we seen Mike McCarthy be directly responsible for this team just completely blowing a game or just falling into this downward spiral that they can't get out of. And we all know we've watched Cowboys a million times. I'm not being a hater, but it's penalty after penalty after penalty. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. So I think he's got to get that team. Like you have to overcome some adversity here. You can't just keep shooting yourself in the foot because then you're the giants and (laughs) where that's gotten them. For sure. And I definitely see why you pick Mike McCarthy. But my key for the Cowboys is that defense. Last year, that defense played pretty well for a, a large portion of the season, which in which people were getting a little too excited about the Cowboys. And you, to your credit, stay grounded on them. You're like, I'm not getting excited about the Cowboys. They are going to be an accident waiting to happen. And you were proven right come playoff time. They were, <laughs> they were out of there in the first round. But that defense was very good at creating turnovers. A big part of that, of course, was their all-world cornerback digs creating a lot of interceptions turnovers usually don't go from year to year like if a team is really good at creating turnovers that doesn't translate to the next season so are they going to be able to keep turnovers happening over and over again or are they going to be able to stop teams and get three and outs and be able to get full-on stops without getting all those interceptions so I think if the turnovers aren't there we could see a bad year for that defense and then you'll see Dak Prescott having to throw four or 500 yards a game. It'll be right back to Dallas Cowboys losing games 34, 31, 38, 34, because that defense isn't stopping anybody. So I think that's the key for the Cowboys going into this season. Well, let's hope that, you know, you're right and the defense doesn't show up. <laughs> so now let's get to your New York Giants. Uh, well, Daniel Jones, I mean, I know there's completely new front office, GM, there's completely new head coach. I, I get all of that. I know that these wide receivers have got to step up. The whole team has got to step up. But if you had to pick, and we talked about it when we did the make it or break it segment, uh, you could take all the players in the league and Daniel Jones would still be at the top of my list because okay, we're willing to give you a year. Now pieces are coming into place. You're getting help. Okay, we'll see what you can do. I'm just maintaining that I think we have seen all we need to see. And this team is going to go by way of Daniel Jones. Can he stay healthy for a whole season? I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. And it's hard because you want to hope, especially as a fan, that your team, you want to have hope for it. But it's like, we haven't seen it. So I don't know how we can say, oh, yeah, he's going to have a great year. I mean, he hasn't. So it's tough. And I think that he is absolutely the key for this team this year. Yeah, I definitely can see that. Uh, This is another situation where I want to look at the coaching staff. You guys have revamped the entire coaching staff. It is New York 
Bills pretty much now <laughs> with the whole Buffalo Bill yes. coaching staff that's coming over. So can they have the success that they had in Buffalo? Daniel Jones isn't Josh Allen. I want to make sure I make that clear. He isn't Josh <laughs> Allen. But so no quantum leap for Daniel Jones, <laughs> I guess, is out of the question. It, he may be. We, we uh -huh. have not made our quantum uh -huh. leap predictions yet. So maybe Daniel Jones will be in the running for that because he has the same coaching staff that helped Josh Allen make that quantum leap, right? And for people, if you're first time listening, Josh Allen, the year before last, was my prediction to make this quantum leap, and he made the biggest quantum leap maybe in NFL history. So it's one of the predictions I'm going to brag about forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if Daniel Jones is able to make that same type of quantum leap, the Giants will be great. So it's up to that coaching staff to see if they can bring it out of Daniel Jones. I do believe he has some of the traits of a Josh Allen. I don't think he's as talented because Josh Allen is a not he's not human <laughs> pretty much with the right. you know the, uh, the tangibles that he has so I think that coaching staff is key but Daniel Jones of course is tied into that so I definitely agree with your keys I just have some add-ons there but again please go check out that article on 33podcast.com not just hers I've been writing a lot of boxing articles there have been a lot oh, so yeah. much boxing action going on in the world of boxing that I've just been on the keyboard. So please go, please go Burn check it those off the out. keyboard there. Yes, for sure. So please go check those out. And Jason is always killing with the football content, basketball content on there. So keep that good content in your life and go to third and three podcast.com and check out that article. So now it's time for what we call Mount Player Player. It's our version of Mount Rushmore, where we pick four. It could be people, it could be topics, it could be things from a particular topic. And our topic today is athletes that should have reality shows, right? And Mount Player Player, before we get into those athletes, is brought to you by Beer Drop. Now, myself, I love a good cold beer when I'm eating a steak and I'm sitting there in my nice Iversons I got from Reebok. The way I can do that is by going to 33podcast.com and click it on a beer drop link and it'll send you to beardrop.com and you'll get our special where you only get $5 per beer. That's all you got to pay. It's $5 per beer. You get beers from all across the country. So if you're in Louisiana, you want a beer from Maine, go to beardrop.com through the third and pod three podcast link because our link gives you the best price. You get beers from all over the country delivered to you. You ain't got to go get it delivered to you. And it's way cheaper than beer at the stadium of the game at a nice restaurant. So you sit at home eating your steak from Meatworks and your nice Iversons from Reebok, drinking a cold beer, all at cheaper prices because you rock with the Third and Three Podcast. So go to thirdandtreepodcast.com and get the links to Meatworks, Reebok, and Beer Drop for better prices on those great products, all right? So now- <laughs> That is, if that's not a professional read, I don't know what is. <laughs> one day one day okay. I just that'll be my thing It'll, I won't even have a podcast he's like this guy's just the, <laughs> just the just reader the read guy. Yeah. just the read guy <laughs> but so now let's get into my player player and of course the reason I thought about athletes that should have reality shows is that I'm with the reality show queen herself <laughs> Miss Nikki Jess so when you talk about athletes who should have reality shows I really want to get your perspective on that who's your number four athlete who should have his own reality show. So of course I, I have my four and then I have like a little TV special I would do. But okay. so my number four, I created this show. I don't, it's nobody in particular, 
but I would love to see a special or a series called Rivals where, I don't know, let's say you have Ray Lewis and Ben Roethlisberger in the same room watching game highlights and them going at it. And we're just watching the reaction. It could be podcast style. It could be, but I would love to just have a show dedicated to the epic athletes and their rivals. I think that would be awesome. That's really dope. That's really dope. Cause I'm, as soon as you said that, like 20 different rivalries went through my head of what we can yeah. see. I would love to see Magic Johnson and Larry Bird going back and watching their old games. And you could have like Kobe or not Kobe, of course, but Shaq and like some like Chris Webber watching their old games back when they played. And, oh man, so many different ones that go through my head and especially the football ones would be great. Like you said, Ray Lewis and Ben Roethlisberger, those rivalries, maybe Ray Lewis and like, you have Eddie George from some of those classic Titans and Ravens games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's a really good idea right there. I like that one. If you're going to steal it, just make sure you give her credit. Yeah, really. Please. I better not see like ESPN rivals. You you could have fans too. I think it would be fun to get like an Eagles fan and Giants fan and watch them watch a game together. Now it's pretty explosive, but (laughs) I, I dated an Eagles fan and, you know, honestly it didn't work. That was probably the main reason that just it, it didn't work out like at all whatsoever. And I, that may sound silly to people, but we just were couldn't make it work. <laughs> no. And you do see like those, you'll see them in the stands. Sometimes they'll, the camera always find that couple that's yeah. rooting for different teams. They'll probably find you and your husband at the Ravens and Giants game this yes. year. And then, Cause I know you're going to be sitting there wearing your giant stuff proud. I sure will. <laughs> and he'll be in his Raven stuff. So I won't be surprised if we see you guys on TV and they're like, Oh, look at this couple rooting for different teams. And they're making jokes yeah. about you guys arguing at home. <laughs> so no, I definitely like that idea and the fans perspective as well, especially if you have fans who have podcasts, like if you have me watching with an Atlanta Falcons fan, Oh. One of those games, yeah, it would be hilarious and almost and dangerous as well. But I guess that adds to <laughs> the ratings as well. You're like, oh, these guys might really fight. So I think that would. Add, <laughs> they that have would a add boxing to. article you could do. I mean, look at all, look at, look at what we solved here. Yeah, and that would also be another one. Old like guys who fought each other back in the past, going back and watching their old fights. Like you have like Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns going back and watching their classic bouts. So that has all the potential in the world to have like just endless possibilities. So I really like that idea for your number four. Can't wait to hear the other three. My number four, I won't be surprised if you have him on your list, but he's one of your favorite guys. And I think his life is very interesting right now. Russell Wilson. I think if they have a Russell Wilson show, now, of course I'm watching for Sierra, but if you have, <laughs> you have a Russell Wilson show, you have Russell Wilson, you got the kids, you got Sierra, moving to Denver now, you got him trying to establish himself in Denver, win there. You have his kind of quirky, someone to say corny personality. And does that, I want to see how that works with other NFL players. Like we don't get to see the inside of that. I would love to see that with the players on Denver, especially the younger guys, do they buy into Russell Wilson? And the whole like go Broncos thing, or it used to be go Hawks, now it'd be go Broncos. Does that whole mentality, is it real? Or do we get to see the real Russell Wilson when the cameras are there all the time? And Sierra, the whole situation, does future come around to see the kid? All those things <laughs> would be part of this show. So I think the Russell Wilson show would definitely be a good reality show. Do you agree with that? 
I do because that's my number three. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you have some good reasons as well for why. Yeah, you, you know what though? I'm also watching for Sierra because like who doesn't want to see her in a dance sense? She's a fantastic yeah. dancer. I'd love to watch her rehearse, but you nailed it. And my main, my main reason for wanting to watch is because we get this, you're right. He's very corny kind of canned version of him that we see. And I get it. You're in front of the press. You're not going to be like Jack Del Rio talking about a dust up <laughs> on January 6th. Like you're going to be you know, yeah. very, you know, PC about things. So I actually love to see if he's in front of the cameras, is that him or is there a completely different side to him? And plus, I just think they'd be an interesting, you know, couple to follow. It would be. I think it'd be a very interesting couple to follow. So I, great minds. You know, we have those mm -hmm. moments. <laughs> so yeah. let's see if my number three is also on your list. My number three is Steph Curry. He is not. Okay. So I think Steph Curry, because his wife's already kind of in the limelight, it would be something that would be an easy transition for them. And they got the kids and the whole world of being a star athlete, especially an NBA player, it's nonstop, right? All his endorsements. I would love to see the inside world of handling that and his schedule. Like his schedule has to be absolutely nuts. So I would love to see that along with Aisha trying to establish herself. Like they have a show on HBO Max uh, called About Last Night, where it's like a game show for couples where she's the host. And she does a good job. She's a good host. Uh, and he's kind of just like the background guy. He just kind of comes in with his jokes and he makes drinks. And it's actually her show. Like she's run, running the show as far as hosting it. And she's had a cooking show before. So I would love to see, like, is that a thing that kind of could cause trouble? Is it like, a, okay, I'm the one that's the, the star here. Are you trying to become a star because I'm a star? Or is it something that you always wanted? Because, of course, the reason that she has these possibilities is because she's married to Steph Curry. So is that something that comes up? Uh, is it something that we get to see where the rest of the family dynamic with Seth Curry and his wife, now Daryl Curry being divorced from his mother, is that something that comes up in the show? Are they going to be trying to protect it? Do we get to see more of them? Steph Curry gives off a very protected image as well. Uh, he's not as protected as Russell Wilson. He will be more of himself, like on the court, a little braggadocious, a little shimmy after a three, a little yeah. more entertaining than Russell Wilson. But I think that we get more of him and Aisha Curry as far as what's real there. And plus, it's, it'll be a wholesome show as well. So I, I think we need more of that in reality TV. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love to see Steph Curry have a show. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see that. Well, and his wife, I'm trying to think. I feel like, didn't she? She's a chef, right? I thought she yeah. had a show at one point or something. She had, a, she had a cooking show at one point. I don't think the show was successful. But the About Last Night show, me and my wife enjoy it. Like, I think you and your husband would too. Like, it's a pretty good game show. They have a lot of funny questions that they ask. And it's on yeah. HBO, so it gets risque. <laughs> so, okay, I'm down. <laughs> so I think you guys should check it out. It's a pretty good show. And I, like I said, she does a good job of hosting it. She has good, you know, comedic timing. And she's really good, articulate. So I can see that show being successful. So I think that will be a very interesting one with Steph Curry. So what's your number two? My number two is Dennis Rodman. Let me tell you, like I, and we got a little glimpse of it, right? When we watched the last dance, we got little glimpses of, of his story. And now I need subtitles at the bottom because sometimes I do not know what this man is saying, but the stories and like, just let him go, put the camera on him. As you know, we endorse cursing and being yourself on TV and all of this yeah. wonderful, authentic stuff. 
just put the camera on him, let him go, let him tell all his crazy stories. I will be glued to the TV, eating my skinny pop popcorn that I eat every night. Like I will just drink in all these crazy stories because that man is off the wall. (laughs) Maybe you only need like five episodes or something. It could be like a little mini series, but I would watch that. I would definitely watch him tell stories about his past for sure. I don't know how interesting he would be today. You know, he's a little older. I don't know if he's still out. He's probably, he still has his moments where he's out there, but it's not like he was in the 90s for sure. Uh, but his stories, the ones that we haven't heard have to be crazy. Like <laughs> just some, I would love to see Carmen Electra and hear like her stories about him, Madonna, like all yes. these different people that he was attached to. Uh, it, it was funny because I put up a tweet the other day of him, like back in the 90s wearing like one of these extravagant outfits. And I said that he was the original hoochie daddy. Like there's this thing going on now where guys are wearing short shorts and they call them hoochie daddies. I'm like, you guys have to pay respect to the original hoochie daddy. <laughs> that was <laughs> you know, that was his thing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was, and that's Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman is definitely the original hoochie daddy. And that should be the name of the show. The OG hoochie daddy. <laughs> should be the name of the show. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. People are going to steal all our ideas. <laughs> they will. They will. Hopefully we just get, I just want an EP. Like an EP title, yeah. executive producer, Damien yeah. Adams, get my little percentage. That's all I need. I don't need to do all the work That's that it. goes along with doing the show. Just give, yeah. just give me a little just percentage of idea. That's it. But I like that yeah. one right there. Him telling stories about his past would be very, very interesting. So as you know, huge boxing fan. And I think the lives of boxers, especially star boxers, are very interesting. So I would love to see a show about Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is the biggest star in boxing right now. And it will be very interesting, especially at this point in his career, coming off of a loss, now going into a third fight against Triple G. Just the everyday life. We've seen shows that show like the everyday life of them going through training. But the everyday life of someone like Canelo Alvarez, again, who's a big star in Mexico, in California, of course, and has all these endorsements. What's his schedule like? What is he doing every day? Is, and he's also training other fighters. So what's that like being a trainer also while having a company that you promote fights with? I imagine it's just constant, constant work. And then you also have to be yourself and take care of your business when he's chasing greatness. He wants to be one of the greatest boxers of all time. So I think that'll be a very interesting just, and the ins and outs of being a boxer and also his family life. How does the wife handle when he has a bad fight and he's taking punishment? And how does that come to the relationship? Like, I just can't imagine how that is for a spouse, man or woman now, because women, MMA, women's boxing, there's men now that are sitting there like covering their eyes and just can't can't watch. So on either side, how do you handle that? And is it a time where as the wife, Canelo's made enough money, like he's beyond rich. So if he wants to retire, he could, but he loves to support and this is what he does. So as the wife, are you supportive of that? Or are you like, You've made $200 million, Canelo. We're good. You can- Chill out. Yeah, you could be a promoter and do all that stuff, still be involved and still make money, but you don't need to take punishment. But he's like, I want to be one of the greatest of all time. I'm still in my prime. Why would I stop? How does that come into play? So I think that'd be a really good show. I would watch that. I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but I do appreciate an athlete and what they go through, especially those athletes that are driving to be the best. So yeah, I'd be down for that. Okay. No. See, if you say yes to it, that means it's a good idea when it comes to reality. Good idea. (laughs) So what's your number one? 
My number one, I'm sure it's no surprise to anybody. We have Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Who cares? We got to keep up with the Mannings. I just think watching the Manning family, listen, they just won an Emmy. So there's obviously talent there. I know Jay's a hater. Now get him <laughs> next week on it. Um, but especially, I just want to watch like a Thanksgiving special. Like I just want to see what happens at Thanksgiving. But I do think following the Manning family, you know, I don't know, maybe we get a couple months out of them would be entertaining. It definitely would be for sure. Uh, Peyton Manning, of course, is no stranger to the camera. We got Eli this past year who got better and better as the season went along. And you mentioned like his awkwardness is what makes it funny. <laughs> like, especially with yes. some of the guests that he didn't really know that much about. You could tell. Yeah. <laughs> He's just. Yeah. <laughs> he just was there. Uh, but I would love to see it. You know, Archie as well. We don't really get to see like his personality. He's just known as like the patriarch, but we don't get to know Archie as well. And being somebody who's a Saints fan, but that was before my time. I don't know how great Archie was. So maybe that could be part of the story. Like find us kind of find out how great Archie was and how influential he was over their lives why they became quarterbacks. Yeah. And Cooper, what happened with Cooper? Like Cooper got hurt as a, you know, in high school, he was this talented wide receiver who had a bright future. I believe he had a scholarship at the time already to Ole Miss mm -hmm. uh, when he got hurt. And maybe see like, how long did it take him to get over that? The fact that he wasn't going to be like his brothers and being in the NFL and he had to find a different route. So I think that's a very interesting show right there. I like that one a lot. All right. So my number one got to be the LeBron show. It's, <laughs> I feel like it would just be super interesting. You think about him now being at the twilight of his career, but still being very good. How long does he play? Is his wife getting tired of the grind? He's made way more money than you need in life, right? It was just yeah. announced last week that he's the first active athlete to become a billionaire. So the fact that he's, you know, in that range of money is absolutely crazy. And he can stop anytime and be good, right? Especially with the money he can make off his investments and things that he's a part of, producing movies. Like, I don't know if people pay attention. A lot of times when you see the beginning of a movie, you'll see Braun at the beginning. That's him. That's yeah. like that's yeah. him. For, that's his company producing this movie, and he's there's not like a small production company. Like they've done like major films, so he already he has everything set up to make all this money, but he still wants to play, still wants to be great, still wants to do it, and he has now his LeBron James Jr. Bronny, who's yeah. about to be, I believe, a senior in high school coming up, and he's coming through, and now the expectations are on him to be great. The second son is starting to show promise and he's actually bigger than the oldest one. So he's like, he took more of LeBron's size and he's going to be this great player. You got the little daughter there. You have all these things, the family dynamic, along with his schedule, all the endorsements, all the things he's doing, the I Promise school. I feel like an inside look at that would be awesome. And with LeBron, the later years, we're starting to get more of the real LeBron. Because he has a media company, he's opening up more and you're seeing more of the real him. But imagine seeing him at the table after a bad game. Is he mad? Is he the one that, you know, kind of spots off at the mouth and he's mad about the chicken and it's not the chicken. It's the fact that he lost the game. I would love to see those type of things. So I think a LeBron show would be very, very interesting. Yeah. And I'm surprised that, you know, we don't have that yet, but I am down. I would totally watch that. For sure. So that was our Mount Player Player brought to you by Beer Drop. So coming to the end of the show, but of course, we got to let you know where to follow us. Please let us know, Nikki, where they can find you on social media. 
Uh, you guys can find me all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at NikkiNick9384. And I will be doing Keys to the Division probably tomorrow. I'm not sure. I might do NFC North. Um, big things coming, of course, right on sports and my partnership with JSN, which this podcast is going to be involved with. I did tell them, I know we're close on time, but I did tell them I put it out there. Anybody's interested in doing podcast hosting with JSN, please let me know, reach out to me. We are taking audition tapes and I am going to rely heavily on my co-hosts to take a look at them with me. Okay. Now I'm definitely down for that. Um, you guys can find me at the real deal WDA on all social media platforms. Like she said, TikTok, Twitter, that's where I'm doing most of, you know, my thoughts and random things on Twitter, but Instagram, you'll see videos and stuff like that. So go ahead and follow me. And my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Subscribe to that. Keep that good content in your life. And until next time, peace. Bye.